0: As you're turning there, um, let me uh, announce this. We're going to be having a funeral service, memorial service here for Pat Barham. And uh, on this Thursday at 11 a.m., it'll be here in the auditorium. And we'll have a luncheon to follow at 12 noon. And uh, so you keep that in mind. Uh, we need some of you ladies to help us serve the luncheon uh, on that day. And so, uh, if you could help with that, um, uh, just being in the back help serve the lunch. Um, please let Teresa know that Teresa, if you'd kind of head that up, is Teresa here, and uh, let Teresa know if you could bring a dish to just to pass there. Just let Teresa know that Brother Scott's going to kind of organize that that funeral lunch in time. But we want to be a blessing to the Barhams, and uh, they attended our church many many years, and so we're thankful for them. Pray for Jean as, uh, you know, Pat's with Jesus, you know, she's at home, she's okay, you know, it's the, um, it's the ones that are left behind uh, that, that need prayer and their family and so pray for them if you would and uh, if you could bring a dish to pass, uh, be sure and let Teresa know that and uh, we're just thankful for the family of God. This is our family, this is our church family, she has a wonderful family, and we want to be an encouragement to her family and to Jean at this time, And so keep that in mind this Thursday at 11 a.m. and uh, be praying for the family. Colossians chapter number one, this is our theme first for the year, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the strength you give to us. God, we do pray for Gene and his family at this time. We thank you, God, for the strength that you give uh, during these times of great trial and great grief. And we pray, Holy Spirit, you'd bring comfort there. And we just thank you for your great love for us. We thank you that we can gather around the Word of God here in this place, set aside this sanctuary, this meeting place, and just get a message from you, God. Speak to our hearts, and we love you, Lord. If there's one here that knows not Christ, is their own personal Savior? Holy Spirit, I pray you'll touch their heart. And uh, dear God, help them to respond to Your great love. Bless now in Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. We're going to have a special song at this time.
1: sought reassurance. And I went to the tomb, to the place where his body once lay. And And I I cried
0: Well, there's life beyond the tomb. Amen. And we're blessed. Thank you so much for that special and uh, thankful for the word of God and uh, the, the opportunity we have to sing praises unto his name. You think about it, you know, on, uh, when we went to the when you go to the store now before before the, even New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, they're already bringing out the Valentine stuff. For the Valentine's Day. You know, if you got Valentine's candy out there, so you might as well just keep your Christmas candy and wrap it in red and something and give it out. Because it's temptation from the Valentine's candy's coming. And then right after that they have Easter. Easter candy and Easter things and But you know what? You think about it, everything revolves around Jesus Christ. You know, that's what what's what's Valentine's Day about? It's about love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's God. Who can love, who can love a human being that much to lay down give his son for them? Who loves me that much that he would die for me? He would take my place. And then we, know we go throughout the summer, we have Memorial Day. And we remember men and women, that flag stands for the the blood of the people that have been shed, that, that people have shed. And then those that have served this country, Memorial Day. And then we have the 4th of July, the Independence Day. This country was founded upon the opportunity to worship Jesus Christ. This is a Christian nation. Not everybody in this nation is a Christian. But this is was founded on Christian principles. And so... Um, Everything that we celebrate is about thanksgiving. It's about thanking God for his provision. And so everything, the very fiber of this whole country, is built upon the Bible. And so we don't want the world to take that out of the church. That's why we preach the Bible. This is a Bible-preaching church. Everything we do here, everything we teach here, comes out of the Bible Not what man thinks. Now, there's a lot of smart men out there. But what they think doesn't matter. It's what God thinks and uh, what the Bible says. And so, to many, that's foolishness. But I'm telling you, I'm thankful for the Bible, the Word of God, that God gives us the plan from the beginning to the end, from creation to the end of the world, to the new creation, and what God is going to do on this earth. And what he's doing right now, what he's doing right now, he's touching you. He's touched your life. He's changed your life. He changed my life. And uh, March 12, 1972, I was born again, born into God's family. And so at that point, by God's grace, I I have lived my life with a God-first attitude. What does God want for me? What does God want me to do? Where does God want me to live? Where does God want me to worship? How does God God want me to handle my family? How did God want me to love my wife? How did God want me to love my kids? How does God want me to love my friends? How does God want me to spend my days, my time? You see, I have so much time in a day, and uh, so much time... Brother Mike mentioned this the other night. If you, go to, if you go to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you spend a total of two hours a week studying the Bible. Two hours. How many hours in the week are there, Mike? 168. So out of 168 hours, you, know, you, you spend two hours going to church. And so uh, you need to study your Bible you need to read your Bible. You need to be in the Word of God. God needs to be first. God needs to be first and foremost. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Because this, for this first part talks about God first in our lives when it comes to us personally. But then it gets into the church. The body of Christ. And that's our, our theme verse. Colossians chapter 1. Uh, helps us with that. Christ is the head of the church. And so we look to Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. So the Bible says here, I beseech thee therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Jesus should be first. He sacrificed himself for us. Again, for God so loved the world. But God committeth his love toward us, In that, why we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God should be first in everything, our personal lives. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living, sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. So we don't want to be accepted by this group or that group. Young people, you don't want to be accepted by the the friends at school though you ought to love your friends at school. Listen, I was talking to somebody the other day. I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends. And the only reason I have a lot of friends is because I'm friendly to a lot of people. Everybody has some, all of you have somebody, some friends that they call you. You understand? They call you. And then you have, but if you want to have a lot of friends, you got to call a lot of people. You got to text them. You got to email them. You got to encourage them. Because having a lot of friends means you're friendly. Having a lot of people that love you means you love a lot of people. Because you you love people that you reciprocate love. Very few, there's only one person that really loved me for who I really was. And who was that? My mom. (laughs) Jesus was. (laughs) Jesus loved me before my mom did, okay? But your mother, you know, when I was born, I was the most beautiful baby in the world. That's what my mom said, right? I had these big lips, big old nose, you know, just like, what in the world was that? She said, honey, is that from you or me? What is going on with Richard? You know what I'm saying? Hopefully he'll grow out of that. But your mom loves you. Your family. Sometimes you get at odds in your family. By the way, this is a good time just to, listen, to make amends with the family. And uh, you, can't, you can't always have a close relationship with your bre- blood brothers and sisters, but you can do what you can to make amends with them because that's what the Bible says. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Be ye kind, you know, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Do you know one of the key to the joyful life and the joyful life, the abundant life, is the ability to forgive. The the ability to forgive other people. Um, we all get offended. You probably got offended this week somewhere. You know, somehow. I'm trying to think about. I'm trying to think There's about when I got offended this week. I'll think about it tonight. But, you know, whether you're down at the store, somebody cuts you off, somebody gets in front of you. I mean, I'm down here at McDonald's, right? I'm at the drive-thru. I spent a lot of time there this week. It's not good. But you're either over here at this McDonald's. You can come this way or you can come this way to get in the line to go through the drive-thru. And I'm like, that lady's not getting in front of me. If she gets in front of me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just ram her car. Over that, just getting that buy one get one free, you know. So it's like, just go. You know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? Just wait. You're in front of my line. I hate those self checkouts because you know I used to get mad at the slow cashier. You know, now I'm the slow cashier and that's in the checkouts. I'm like, sorry, folks, I'm new at this. Okay, and I'm trying to do it fast. I'm sweating. You know, all I can do is get mad at myself. But you see, we get angry and we get mad about things that don't really matter. You see, if God's first in your life and Jesus is first in your life, you see everything differently. You see people through God's eyes. You know, most people that are unkind to you probably have a a problem far greater than any problem you have in your life. There's something going on in their life. So what I try to do, and most of the time I'm successful at it, when somebody's unkind to me, when I walk away, I say, God, help that person. They maybe have some big problems. And maybe, God, they don't have you. My problem may be bigger than their problem, but they don't have Jesus. You understand? God is carrying me. God is loving me. God is guiding me. The Holy Spirit is comforting me. He's with me. He's promised never to leave me nor forsake me. So no matter where I go, God is with me. No matter what I face, Jesus is with me. And not only is he with me, he's out in front of me. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so God God needs to be first. He needs to be first, uh, first of all, in our walk. Our walk. It's our reasonable service. I'm so glad I'm at church today. I love church. I love to be at church. I want, I want to be at church, I'm so glad it's Sunday, I'm so glad, listen, 2020, I love to be at church, I love to be in the house of God, I love to be around God's people, other people that believe, like, listen, we all have different hobbies, when I was in Houghton Lake, Michigan, the people there like to hunt, I'm not a hunter, you know, I, I don't eat venison, how many of you like Venison? All right, a lot of you like it. I've never I'm so picky. I can't even eat a hamburger. That's, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, but but man, the people in my church, they loved venison, man. They that they that they they hunted for their food for the winter, for their meat. And but I wasn't a big hunter. Um, but you know what? We all love Jesus. I like to golf a little bit. I'm not that good at golf. I'm just good enough to beat you. You know? <laughs> On, on your worst day and on my best day I'm going to beat you you know so I pray Lord help him to be really bad today. I pray they'll be sick if I'm playing brother Maynard or something Mike Maynor. Tom Farrell, I like playing with him he's that strong evangelist when he goes out and plays he's just he's not really serious about golf. I love to play with him I beat him and he likes to leave after nine holes I've got to go back to the room here you know and uh, I can play nine holes good the next nine is like questionable you know because I get tired. But we have things in common. Coming here, I've told you many times. When I saw from Detroit, Michigan, or Holton Lake, Michigan, stagecoach town, when I looked on the, that's the first thing I looked at when somebody called me about coming to Banning to be the pastor here. I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm not I, I don't know how to ride a horse. I've only ridden one horse and it hit a cable. I was riding down this path, I was on Buttercup, the biggest horse they had. And I'm just flying down this path. And Buttercup, we had a horse on this side, horse on this side. And there was a telephone pole with a wire on it. And I'm like, Buttercup, do you see that wire? And she said, no. And boom, we hit that thing. And boom, I bounced back. I mean, I I just had a whiplash. Went back like this. My brother David went by me on Kentucky. He was riding Kentucky. And I'm mad and a hornet. I'm like 18 years old now when this has happened. And so... I'm mad. I, I so I'm catching up. I'm on Buttercup. I'm catching up to David. You know, and he, his horse his horse is going through this wheat field. I mean, it's just flying. Kentucky is flying, and I'm like, and David is riding. He starts bouncing, bouncing. All of a sudden, he starts to lose it. So now he's hanging underneath Kentucky like this, holding on. Kentucky's still going, man, and Kentucky's heading towards the woods. There's a little path that goes back to the stable and David's under (laughs) David's underneath it and I'm like hold on Dave all of a sudden boom I hear them I hear a grunt and he's rolling (laughs) rolling in the wheat and I start singing rolling on the river (laughs) I said Dave you okay I stop buttercup I come over to him like a cowboy I'm like John Wayne now you know are you okay Dave like you want to get on my horse and ride with me back in you know (laughs) But, you know, I'm, we have different hobbies. We have different likes. I talk about sports a lot, and some of you are bored with that. You know, well, But the truth is, I like to relate to people. You know, I, I, a lot of people like sports. I'll talk about sports and different things because those are some things we have in common. But the thing we have most in common is Jesus. The most. Uh, so God has to be first in our lives. It's God first. What does Jesus think? The Bible says, "You know, present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You renew it by reading the Bible, reading the scriptures. Your, your mind needs to be renewed. This world we live in is a negative world. It's negative. Everything you, you watch the news, it's negative. It's bad. It's divisive. It talks about, really, it's talking about the fallen nature of man. People killing one another. Murderers. And robberies. You know? You've got that, um, you know, the the... The doorbell now with the camera on it, right? And uh, in my house, I've got my car, because I'm in my house by myself. Now Tara's moved. I, Tara was my security, my 26-year-old daughter. I figured if anybody broke in, she would take care of them. Now it's just me in the house, so I have my car there. If I push that button on that Chrysler, I mean, it, that, that, the, 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 by the way, that's a good security thing. Keep your car. You push the panic button, your car's going to make a bunch of noise outside. So, probably by the time the police will get there, you'll be dead, but at least we'll catch them. You know what I'm saying? Because the police take forever to get there. But any police in here? I'm sorry about that. 911, I want me there. Lucy, I want them there. We should have a connection because Lucy works for 911. Can we give you a code like Baptist, M A B C? Will you get them there quicker? No. (laughs) You'd probably slow him down for me. He's a Christian. He's going to heaven. Let him go. <laughs> Get to the lost person first. I remember the police came to our house, we had a candidate for a teaching position. And she's in our house. I said, this is a real safe area. So my daughter thinks there's somebody breaking the house. So I call the police. Six cop cars at my house. This candidate is sleeping there. And uh, I said, this is really a safe area. There's six policemen at my house. I said, this doesn't happen but maybe once a week. It's not a big deal. And uh, then my daughter says, I think I was dreaming, Dad. I don't think there was anybody trying to break in. I said, don't tell the police that, OK? I don't know. The policeman's there. He says, go, go check around that corner. I says, I'm not checking around that corner. You go check. He's got his gun pulled. He says, go check around that corner. I said, what if the robber's there? You go get him. I'm just... You got the gun. And it was so funny. He says, go check around that corner. No. The only reason I'm out of the house because you got that gun. You know, it's like, but seen too many scary movies as a kid. Don't let your children watch scary movies. And all the parents said, they'll be sleeping with a nightlight like me for until they're 63. They'll have a nightlight still, you know. Our walk, God, God is with us guides us he protects us so we're not to conform to this world but be transformed by the renewing of our mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God so Jesus ought to be first John chapter 14 and verse 15 again we dedicate our life to him if you love me keep my commandments we say we love God then God ought to be first you know, you love your wife. Your wife ought to be first. You love your children. Your children ought to come first. Um, you love your family. Your your friends. Your friends ought to be. Listen, it ought to be. What do they need? How can I be a blessing to them? When you wake up in the morning and say, "Okay, how can I be a blessing to the people at work? How can I help the people at work? How can I encourage them?" That's God first. Follow God. Do what He says. Live for Him. Walk with Him. John chapter 14, verse 21. Again, uh, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. He loves me. And so God has given us a book called the Bible. We follow the Bible. We don't always follow the law totally. But if if we disobey God, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's our God. When God forgives us, he forgets it. When God forgives us, he removes it from his mind. By the way, only God can do that, and the only way you can do it is through God. It's through God. We present every morning you wake up, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Lord, use me today. Lord, guide me today. Lord, help me today. Why is that? 1 Corinthians 6.20 says that we belong to him. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Why do you put God first? in all? Because we belong to God. You belong to God. Your heart, your soul, your mind... God has given uh, you everything, and uh, we're thankful for that. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10, um, Paul said, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. It's just the grace of God. We have all that we have because of God's grace. So we get grace, we extend grace. We get grace, we give grace. You understand? We have laws and rules, but we forgive people who break the law and break the rules. We forgive them. Now, there's a penalty if you if you if you speed, you're going to get a ticket. You know, I've I've had several speeding tickets. God forgive me. You know, and I just try to. You know, when that policeman comes up, no, you now I, I got a. Uh, mainly, I run stop signs. I don't see them. Do you ever see? Do you ever go to a place where you don't see a stop sign? Don't go up to Arrowhead. You can't see up there. You know, it's hard enough. You're looking at your GPS. I'm listening to my wife. She's telling me what to do. I just went right through the stop sign. Then the police cars, the new police cars, they don't have like regular big flashers like they did in Detroit. They got these little things. Well, I just think that's a truck. He followed me for a long time. He, uh, matter of fact, I had 12 cop cars follow me. I thought, well, praise Jesus, it's just a parade. <laughs> Arrowhead's a friendly place. He finally pulled me over you know, I've been following you for five miles. I said, well, thank the Lord. I've been trying to find this address, you know. <laughs> there was an accident up there in Arrowhead, and I'm driving, and like if you stay in the street where the accident is, you ride, drive right through all the glass. So me, there's no cars coming this way. I pull on the other side of the road to go around all the glass, and that police would come out. He's yelling at me. What are you doing, you idiot? I said, you want to change my tires? No, I didn't say that to him, but I just, I'm acting like, all I'm doing is just trying to love people, be honest with you, and and save my tires, you know? And the man, he was mad at me, so I had to forgive him. I still haven't forgiven him. He's offended me. No, I'm kidding. Mike was behind me. Did you ride through the glass? You went around too? Oh, okay. Because Mike said something to him. Do you have to be, Mike's nice, do you have to be so mean? Can you just say, stay on this side of the road? Maybe could you sweep the road? You know, No, I'm kidding you. I don't know why I'm thinking about that. But we do break the law, right? I should have stayed in here even though the glass was there. And so God, just by the grace of God, I am what I am. I have what I have. The grace is extended to me. God loves me. Grace is extended to me by people. I don't like to intentionally offend people from, from time to time. I do. I'm never wrong, you know. Um, but you know how that is, men. With our wives, we're never wrong. I mean, I, I'm sorry I did that, but if you would have done this, it wouldn't have happened. And I'm not blaming you. It's not totally your fault. 90% your fault, and I'm taking 10% of it. But just forgive me for that 10%, you know. No, that's not the way to do it. I was wrong. I was wrong. Isn't that hard? Let's say that together. I was wrong. Can you say it together? One, two, three. I was wrong. See, you can't even say that, Desiree, because you've never been wrong. And I know that. And that's what I'm praying for you. There she is right there. <laughs> you know what? It's hard to say it. You know? If you say it, I'll amen it. You know, you were wrong. I was wrong. Yes, you were. You know? No. It's called the grace of God and the humble spirit. You see, when you when you give grace, you're giving. That's God first, because a human being, though we're saved and though we've been given so much, it's so hard for us to forgive people, and to be kind. I'm thankful for our daughter Amanda. She's just got a new job in in uh, Los Angeles. She's working with the. Uh, Homeless, you know, working with the homeless people in in, in Los Angeles, helping people find a place to live, and that's going to be a tough job. You know, she worked with foster children for many years, and uh, and loves to serve people. She does that in her church. They have a foster children's ministry, and now she's working helping people find a place to live. And uh, she loves people but she has to be, you know, she's got to love the people that are maybe are unlovable. They've come to the end. She's got to love people that nobody else loves because they have no place to live. They've cut off their ties with their family. Maybe they've borrowed so much money from their friend, they don't even want them any, to see them anymore. But you know what? God's got to love people and help them restore those relationships, restore and get back on their feet. I'm glad that God helps me. I'm glad he guides me. I'm glad he forgives me for my attitude at times. Because sometimes my attitude's not right, you know. Sometimes I wonder, God, you know, why'd that happen to me? Why'd that happen to my family? I've thought that since my wife died. God, why would my wife die? You know, I don't like that. You know, but God's in control and God guides. I've seen people healed. I've seen people healed through medication. I've seen people, we went to City of Hope. I've seen people, there are people there that have been touched and they've responded to the medication and they've gone on. And they're living and they're healthy. And so you know what I do? I rejoice with those people. And I'm thankful for those people. And I'm thankful to God that my wife is with Jesus and she'll be there forever and ever. So what do you do, Pastor? You just live for Him. You live for Him. You help people. You help others. You encourage others. You tell them that Jesus has a plan and Jesus will be with you. That God's the great physician because he is. He is. And he guides you and he'll help you. I met Gene this morning, I prayed for him, I hugged him, you know, um, I hugged him. Gene, God'll be, God's with you, he'll help you. Your wife's in heaven, Gene, she's okay, but he'll be with you, he'll guide you. And so we give grace, because God gives grace to me. He's gracious to me. Um, when, I, when I don't understand why he doesn't do it the way I want it done. And, and so he's gracious to me. He still loves me. He still uses me to see people come to Jesus. He still uses me to comfort people. He still uses me to help people. And he loves me and he cares about me. And I'm so thankful for that. And so we look to him in our work. The Bible says, in, back in Romans chapter 12, For I say unto thee, grace is given unto me, uh, verse 3 of chapter 12, to every man that is among you, to think of himself more highly than he ought. He's not to, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man according to the measure of faith. So this is the thing. We're not to think more of ourselves. or to humble ourselves. That's the way God thinks. You put God first when you humble. Humble yourself before the Lord. God uses a humble heart. God uses a helpful heart. God uses a hopeful heart. I give people hope. I give people help. And so he's talking about our, the work now. He's talk, as he goes on to the, the verse 4, it says, for, we, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. We're all a member of the body of Christ. You're a born-again Christian. You have gifts and abilities. God is using you. You see, as we do this work together, whether it's the work of being a mother or a father, whether it's the work of being a child, children, obey your parents in the Lord. You get to the point you're a teenager, honor your mother and father. We're We're doing the work. We're living for God. We're serving God. We first learn to serve God by serving in our homes. We learn to serve God by serving in our church. We learn to serve God by serving in our community. We learn to serve God by serving in our country. We serve. But we should never. Though grace begin to me and to every man as that's among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. So when I look at what God has allowed me to do in my life. As a Christian, the knowledge that I have, I'm to love people. They don't have that, not the same knowledge. I don't go around judging people. Oh, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. No, I love people. I care about people. I'm not here to judge people. I'm here to teach people. I'm so thankful that people taught me I've told this many times when I first got saved, I had platform shoes. I mean, I was like, and I had bell-bottom pants—they're about this big. I had a beautiful, I had beautiful long blonde hair. I should have brought that picture. I have a picture of me. I'll show you after. I mean, I was beautiful. Just simply beautiful. I've said that too many times. I know, but uh, <laughs> I got saved. I came to church. Those, 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 those. You know, big old shoes on those bell-bottom pants, B- shirt I'm buttoned down to here. Dark tan, blonde hair, gold chain. You know, I made Mr. T like look like Mr. S. <laughs> not like Mr. S. That's not bad. It didn't sound good. Mr. T, mis- like Mr. U. I mean, I had just that one gold chain. And I'll never forget. I went down to, I went down to a meeting down in Georgia with 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 my church. I'm in the ble- bell-bottom pants, platform shoes. I walk to, I meet Jerry Falwell. Some of you older folks will know who Jerry Falwell was. He was a great man of God. And I meet him. My pastor introduces me to him. I mean, I'm looking like John Travolta. He's introducing me to his his pastor friends, Dr. B.R. Lakin. Some of the greatest men of God, Dr. John R. Rice. Some of the greatest men of God in, in, in Atlanta, Georgia... And I look like I just walked, I'm in the Beach Boys. You know, well, this, is, this one of the, is this the guitar player from the Beach Boys? Or you know what? No. He's a new Christian from my church. He came to Atlanta, Georgia. Now, you didn't have to tell me, folks, that my beach boy, my bell-bottom pants and my platform shoes just didn't fit with the decor. You know, I figured it out, but nobody, nobody judged me. Nobody judged me, and I was thankful for that. I reluctantly got rid of that beautiful hair. It was beautiful. Cut it back, looked, you know, just, and began to just follow Jesus humbly, as humble as as I could. And uh, it's by his grace that I'm doing this work today he loves. He loves us. He cares about us, and so we humbly serve people. I remember when, when a man first came to church here. He wore flip-flops and shorts, and so I, I'll be honest with you. I never noticed the man had on shorts and flip-flops. I can't remember what it. You know who I'm talking about, Mike? What's his name? Mike, you can never remember anything. You know, can Deacons could we get him to do a memory contest? He he made the playground equipment. Does anybody remember his name? What was it? J C. Thank you. J C and he's just a happy guy though. He comes in one day, he's got a pair of shoes on. He comes always, we're shaking hands. He says, Pastor, look, I said, What? He says, Look, I'm looking at him. I said, What? He says, "I'm wearing shoes." Well, praise Jesus! I didn't know everybody wears shoes because he always wore flip-flops. I didn't notice he wore flip-flops. I was just glad he's at church. Now, if he was ushering, you know, he's going to have to wear some regular shoes, you know. But flip, I, you see, I, I had to get past that because God loves everybody and He cares about people people's souls and so our work is impacted philippians chapter 2 speaks about humility in verse 3 let nothing be done through strife or vainglory but in lowliness of mind let each esteem each other better than themselves look not look not every man on his own things but every man also on the things of others let this mind be in you which is also in christ jesus for God to be first we have to be humble we have to see people through God's eyes we have to do this work for his glory 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7 again it talks about different abilities we all have different abilities but you know what you're to exercise those abilities the church is a place for you to serve God you see this calendar here is a place for you to look at it and say, okay God, what can I do for you? What can I do in one of those events? How can I serve you, God? You see, when you serve in the church, you're serving God. This is God's church, this is God's work, these are God's chairs, this is God's pulpit, this is God's, everything in here, you're God's. But God's called us to do work in this local church here. So you're defined, where do you plug in? Now sometimes I just find you, I was looking at Scott today. Scott, you need to be in the choir. This guy has got personality. He can't sing a lick, but he has got personality. No, I'm kidding you. I don't really know how you sing. But he's, you're terrible? Well, good, Mike is too, and he's in the choir. You guys stand by each other. (laughs) Lip sync. I don't care what you do. But, you know, Scott just has a great heart. He's helping us here at the school, greets people at the school. People love him, you know, just being, he's kind to people. But he's found a place there in that security. He's helping with the, the, uh, Funeral luncheon. Some of you could help. We need people in that care ministry just to serve the food, just to be there with a smile and serve the food. You understand? When my wife died, I don't know, three or four churches, I don't even know this happened until after. They volunteered, they served the food. Our people didn't have to serve the food. They sent volunteers over here. You see, you get what I'm saying? Even those that we let beat us in softball all the time, they hated us, you know. They, they came over, you know. I saw Pastor Todd recently, just at the bank a little a few days ago. He passes the church down here. They always beat us in softball. And uh, so I, mean, I really don't like them, to be honest with you, because, he, because they beat us all the time. And we talked a little bit, and but the church down here, LifePoint, send people down here, I think the church from Reno Valley, People sent and just people serving. Do you know we need people to help serve? The Barhams need somebody just to all bring food and comfort them. That's not a hard job. It's just a job of saying, "Hey, I'll help. I can help." Taking down, setting up, bring a dish in. Listen, a dish of food for a person who's lost a loved one, is like it's like a, a Hawaii vacation that you would take time to bring them a a bowl of vegetables or uh, what is my favorite? You know, some mashed potatoes maybe, some butter on those mashed potatoes, you know. Oh, Jesus, help us forget talking about food. You understand? Just encourage people. So find a place in the body of Christ. Participate, you know. And uh, I'm thankful That anniversary Sunday is always a special time for us here at the church. And uh, I'm thankful to God to be here. But God's first in all things, no matter what we're doing. In our work, in our walk, and then finally in our worship, we worship Him. We look to Him. We follow Him. We're blessed because of Him, and so we bless others. Let's worship Him together. He is to be worshiped. He is to be followed. He is to have our full, our full worship, our full loyalty, and our full love. We look to him. Um, John chapter five and verse thirty-nine. We think about the holy scriptures. You know, search the scriptures for in for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify. Of me. The scriptures testify of him. We think about salvation, Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. We think about his name. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. We worship him. Uh, Acts, uh, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 12. Again, he that hath the Son hath life he that hath not the Son hath not life. So I go and I look and said, do you have the Son? Do you know Jesus? Do you walk with the Lord? I saw the, the quarterback of the Georgia Bulldogs, I saw it was, he was being interviewed after the game. He talked about Jesus being his Savior. That's what I like about those southern teams. There's a lot of Christian men. They Dabo Sweeney, the coach of Clemson, they're playing for the national title. He baptizes people in the whirlpool in the, in the, in the, in the, at the college. Now, number one, you, you really can't do that. Number two, it's not really scriptural. The church baptizes people. But, you know, he's just excited. He's not afraid of his faith. He's not afraid to tell people about Jesus Christ. They've seen, they, he's seen hundreds of those players come to Christ He loves people. He that hath the Son hath life. So, what I'm trying to do is find people that need life, need the Son. They need Jesus. That's God first. I'm putting God, listen, 2020 is here. Let's have a great vision for people because that's God putting God first. Let's have a great, you know, uh, vision for the power of God. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's preach, let's pray, and let's praise our God. And as we move forward, we've got opportunities in our families, at our workplace, in our neighborhoods, in our church, in our school here, so many places where we can put God first. And let's just do it in all things. And all God's people said, amen. Father, thank you for your love for us. God, we love you. We look to you. I pray, Lord, you'll bless this time of invitation. God, touch every heart. Lord, you know every need in this place. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would touch and meet every need. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I wonder this morning, and say, Pastor, there's no doubt in my mind I've received Jesus as my Savior. God is first. When it comes to my spiritual walk, I, I, I know that I'm on my way to heaven. I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If that's your testimony this morning, would you lift your hand? Thank you so much. I wonder if there's one you'd say, Pastor, I I couldn't lift my hand. I'm not sure of my eternal home in heaven, but I'd like to know that. I would be honored to pray for you just before we have our invitations.